Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we are talking about um, two, two Neil Gaiman shows that are pretty recent, um, Good Omens and The Sandman. Um, we did not talk about Good Omens season one. I don't think we did. Um, so we're going to be just chatting did. about it as a whole, yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't think we did. Yeah, so um, why don't we talk about that first? Because it is farther in the past of us watching it yes but i also did rewatch season one so oh for this podcast <laughs> i like half so don't remember get used to that <laughs> so the first season came out in 2019 so it was a pre-pandemic thing and i remember watching it but I don't remember too much about it, so will you catch me up exactly what the plot sort of of the first season was? Yes, I remember I remember watching it as well and kind of like just kind of grasping at nothing to to try to like follow along what's happening. Now that I've I mean season 2 really has nothing to do with season 1 since I believe season 2 is is off book. Like there was only one good oh. omens book. Oh. And okay. um and the first season is is based off of the book. And pretty close, actually. I've been listening to the audiobook um, of Good Omens, and I'm like 30% of the way through. Um, oh. And it's basically, it's basically just like exactly how season one is. Okay. Um, so so um, kind of, it's, it's hard to follow along in this show because there's a lot of little side stories that happen and little side like vignettes almost that kind of happen um and the and the book is the exact same way the book is very hard to follow sometimes Mm. because it'll just go off on tangents and talk about some random world building shit and then it'll come back to the main story so main story is that crowley and aziraphale were both angels and crowley was a fallen angel that is now a demon so they are like an angel and a demon that are friends obviously and um even more than friends uh-huh. and um and basically they they are basically the only demon and angel that kind of hang out on earth like among the humans so they kind of have a better idea of what's happening among the humans and all the angels and all the demons are kind of like they kind of pretend like they know what's happening. Like, it's really funny. Like, John Hamm's character, he, like, pretends to understand how humans are. And they're, like, they're just, like, toys to them. Like, yeah. so they don't really care about the human race. But Xerophel and, and Crowley really like the human race. And they really like living on Earth and stuff. Um, and they want to stick around. But the angels and the demons want the apocalypse to happen. And right. so they have, so they have the son of Satan basically be born. Right. And. With the nuns. 
That's yes, with the nuns, with the, with the yes. satanic nun group. The satanic and, nuns, yeah. And Crowley and Aziraphale like try to work against each other. I'm using quotations because they're like they have this plan to kind of like okay, I'm Aziraphale's gonna pretend like he's doing his job, and Crowley's gonna pretend like he's turning him towards evil while Aziraphale's trying to make him go towards good. And they're gonna try and like balance them out and basically stop Armageddon from happening, the end of the world from right. happening. Um, and all these characters kind of like converge on this. Like, there's a witch who is the descendant of like this this witch who did all of these uh, prophecies. She wrote this book of of prophecies, um, oh. and that's actually what like we had gotten from. Remember when we went to um. Uh, New York Comic Con, and we got those little notebooks from the panel. It was we the sure nice did. and accurate prophecies of Agnes Nutter. Yes, um, yes. I have it literally right next to me, so I just read it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and love it. So this, so the descendant witch is supposed to be going through all these prophecies to like figure out what Agnes was trying to write, because uh, you know she was she was born in a time where like Apple didn't exist, but she had prophecies that was like invest in Apple, like stuff like that. Um, and so very clever stuff. Like I really actually enjoyed rewatching season one because I Mm -hmm. like feel like just, I had a better appreciation for it. Yeah. And after like watching season two and really enjoying it. Um, and and basically that's, I mean, they, and then they, they concoct a way to, to not make the world end. And then they just Mm -hmm. kind of, and then they they have a falling out where they're expelled. Right, from both the angels and the demons union or whatever? Um, yeah, I mean, they're not really expelled. Like, at the end of the first season, they kind of make it sound like they're kicked out, but they're really not. They're kind of just like, okay, they'll leave us alone for a little bit, but then they'll kind of be back. So it's just, they're not really, I don't know. It it didn't really seem like they were completely kicked out from, Mm. like, the angels and the demons and stuff, but but yeah yeah so like what i get from this show and it's still with season two is that it's quite manic there's just a lot of very kooky things going on and there's a lot of like really like kooky characters mixed with kooky human characters and a lot of like whimsical things going on um that have a lot to do with like divine like prophecies and um you know, being influenced by these angels and demons in some way who are all just kind of infighting and silly and very unique as well. Um, and so that's yeah, the kind of energy. they all have their own agendas and they're all kind of naive and they're all kind of stupid. Like, that's yeah, kind of just, yeah, kind of just what happened. And it's, it's, it's really a vibe. Like this show is so fun. I think the first season's a lot more manic than, Second, I would agree. Second season got a little more, it was a little manic, but I think it, it, it had more a bit specific, better because maybe yeah. they weren't, they weren't basing it off of the book and the book is completely manic. Like this book is all oh. over the place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I'll just, I will just like zone out and stop listening until they kind of get back to the story because they'll just start talking about some random piece of information that might be important later, but. Yeah. I, right. It might like, not. Yeah. Yeah, and it's easier for me to kind of follow audiobooks if if there's more of a narrative thing happening. If something's just being explained to me for far too long, I'm just like, I just, I stop listening. Like, it's just, 
So, so the books, the book's been a little rough, but I am, I'm, I'm pushing through it and I, and I plan to finish it, but I just don't listen. I don't, I only listen to it on my commutes, which is like once a week. So. Right. So <laughs> it's few and far really between. don't listen very often. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I think this might, like, I think Crowley is probably my favorite David Tennant character that he plays. Uh-huh. Like, of He's obviously my favorite doctor, but because I haven't seen any other, I've only seen the first three doctors or the first yeah. two doctors. Right. From the new, the new who of the recent who. Yeah. Yes. The new, the new who, not the old who. Yeah. Um. But I just think Crowley is such a vibe. I think David Tennant is mm-hmm. so handsome as Crowley. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's so cool. I love his look. I love his yeah. hair. I love his crazy little demon snake eyes. Like his glasses is just, it's, it's such a vibe. And Michael Sheen, he's such, he's, oh, he's so cute. Well, that's the thing. I love Michael Sheen a lot. So I feel like, yes, I'm a huge Michael Sheen fan. I have been for a while. Like everything that he's been in, I've loved. I've loved his performance, and I've seen quite a lot of Michael Sheen movies, so. I just love a good, dark, morally gray. I think my favorite Michael Sheen character is actually his character that he plays in um, uh, Underworld. Oh, um, yep. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he was so I mean, that. he's so hot. Yeah, like, I, I'm a fan, so, so, like, I will watch anything that he's been in, um, yeah. which is a lot of stuff, but. Anyway, the yeah, but the two of them, so David Tennant and Michael Sheen apparently didn't really know each other that well before ma- making this show, and then you know since the first really? season, they yeah, two and they British become people didn't know each other. Oh, well, they knew they each other, not. but they weren't like close. Um, <laughs> and then they made the show, and now they're literal best friends, and they both had children at the same time, so their children like hang out together. And oh like, my god! Like literally, they both had babies born within days of each other. Isn't that insane? <laughs> oh my gosh, that is that is the cutest. Um, um, and I always thing see... I really enjoyed about okay, continue. season one was that the they used a lot of the same actors from the first season just as new characters in the second season. Yeah, yeah, like, I know. Which was yeah. like what? Like wasn't that Nina lady also in the season first season two? Like I don't know. No, she wasn't. But like anyway, I don't know. He, it's Nina. Wait, who is Nina? No, like I I'm trying to yes, remember. Nina. Yes, Nina was the nun, one of the satanic nuns. Yes. In, yes. In the first in the first one, who then became the owner of the of the uh uh the uh, the coffee shop yes done. yes no the air the whatever they later on in the season they turned the church into like a, a bb gun place not bb oh. gun it was like a you're talking about season uh, one okay paint paintball 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 yeah 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 so she's in paintball. she is in season one that's what i thought because i like recognized this yes. actress nina sosanya yes. and i was like wasn't she in the first season <laughs> As a different yes. so character, she's then the cafe owner in the second one. Same thing with with the with the girl from the record shop. She was also a nun in the first season. Oh my god! And the character and the not. actress Miranda Richardson, who plays Shax in season yes. two, was was the um the neighbor to the witch hunter, who he kept calling <laughs> Jezebel. 
okay, why did they do this? <laughs> I don't know. Right. It's weird. I don't it, know. They just wanted to bring the actresses back because they were part of the cast. Um, it's it's definitely yeah. part of the the weirdness of it. You know, like I feel yeah. so Neil Gaiman. Just I think this is just a Neil Gaiman thing, which I believe the Sandman is Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, like the creators. But I think this is just Neil Gaiman. And, like, I have read some Neil Gaiman. um, And, like, I've seen some of his stuff, like Stardust and things like that. And really what he's good at is just, like, you know, making these really, you know, an American God. That's that's another Neil Gaiman. But I've never watched or read that. But it's just, like, using, like, the concept to drive these quirky, interesting stories that are kind of, like, based on metaphors of... Things like, you know, heaven and hell or like we're talking about the Sandman, like dreaming and, you know, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, different like realms. Yeah. Like that exist alongside the human realm. And yeah. there's just yeah, yeah. kind of this understanding that they exist and they influence the human realm. And even in this show, you know, the the like angels and the demons influence the humans in some way, you know, like making them like fall in love or trapping them somewhere for no good reason. You know, it just has like such an interesting like weirdness about it that the British just do so well. Yeah. And I, it's a goal of mine to actually read more Neil Gaiman. Um, I've read Coraline and I'm currently listening to Good Omens, obviously. And I own Neverwhere, which is one of his books. And I own the Graveyard book. Um, so I'm hoping to read those maybe next year. Um, nice. And I've, ac- and I've actually been curious to read like The Sandman. Is it a comic or is it I a- think it's a graphic a- novel. Yeah. Okay. And it has like many do... things. Yeah. Who did Who wrote Watchmen? Uh that's not him. That's not him. No. Who is who is that? Um, I don't know. Anyway, I'm um, gonna look it up cuz you asked. <laughs> it's like I there was a reason why I wanted to read Watchmen. It's Alan maybe Moore. I, maybe just cuz it was good. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, it's also a really popular graphic novel, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to read more Neil Gaiman. Um, his stories are very fun. Um, I really like Good Omens. It's a, it's a real good vibe. Alan Moore also made V for Vendetta and From Hell. Oh. And Batman oh. the Killing Joke, which is a big, a big one too. Oh yeah, that was like, that was like one of the new animated movies that had to come out, right? It is from 1988, but it is oh. part of like the joker lore and stuff oh you know I got really uh when, when we went to comic-con one year there was like there was like batman there was like the killing joke that was that was being premiered oh somewhere i think at comic-con one year yes there is there, like, a batman the it. killing joke movie with um obviously mark hamill is the joker that one yes. came out in 2016 uh-huh yeah, maybe that was wasn't twenty sixteen one of the years we went. Oh sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I pretty think sure. you're right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure, yeah, 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 yeah. 
But yeah, so season two. Okay, so now it's been a hot minute since I've watched season two, and now I need a refresher. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. So let me try to do my best to describe season two. So, Azurfell <laughs> and Crowley are both living on Earth, and they, like I said, they kind of have been expelled from the angels and the demons. So like, they're not really talking to them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I think we kind of start off with the concept that Gabriel uh, shows up. Right. Gabriel is naked in the street and doesn't have any like any know how of who he is and why he got there. He has amnesia. And he totally has amnesia and he just came with like a box and a fly was in the box and that was it. Um and so he showed up with a with a with a dick in a box. <laughs> yeah, dick in a box, exactly. Because everybody loves John Hamm, like in the in the UK. Like they're obsessed with him. So he's in the show. I mean, he's like the only reason. American. He's, he's yeah. He's a funny guy. He's, he's funny. funny. Yeah. He also plays this kind of dumb guy really well too in this season, which I think is also why I liked him more. Um, the first season he's really intense and mean in a lot of ways, and, and this one he is in it a lot. So that is a a big plus. Um, but it also focused more on on the street that Aziraphale lives on, and Crowley lives in his car, but. They just Which he has an apartment in season one, but I don't they just don't show it anymore. No, he like <laughs> sleeps in his car. Like, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have an apartment anymore in season two. No. Um and then so they're they're everybody's looking for Gabriel. Once they get word that Gabriel is missing, the angels looking for him, the demons are looking for him, like Beelzebub and Shax. Um and the angels are really stupid, so they don't really know what's going on. Um <laughs> And there's also kind of a lot of little backstories of the times when um, Aziraphale and uh, Crowley were in biblical times, like helping out the characters like uh, Abraham to make sure that his kids didn't die. Or maybe it wasn't Isaac. Yeah, whatever. Um, So something like that, which they do that a little bit in season one, but I think they really kicked it up a notch in season two. Yeah, I think they do it with, like, I remember Adam and Eve or something, like, like Eden and the snake or whatever, because, like, Crowley is the snake. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, so they do that, and I really love those backstories, and it really kind of shows the development of the characters as best friends, where they started out, like, in the heavens before, like, the universe was even made, and, like, kind of the the seeds of distrust uh, that Aziraphale kind of sows to make it so that the people on earth are like the humans are actually respected and like protected in some way um yeah which kind of going under the radar of all the other angels and god um who is yeah. played by francis mcdormand so it's, oh yeah did, uh, does she narrate god again in the in the second season she is in it briefly um like okay you know, just kind of talking to, I think it was Isaac in that one episode. Yeah. Um, she narrates a lot in season one. So I yes. Think, yeah. She's not as much in it in the second one, but yeah. Um, yeah so they're just oh kind God, of trying Zira to get Gabriel turned, back. Turn Crowley's car yellow. <laughs> <laughs> he has to he go up like, to Edinburgh. my car yellow? To go to like a, to go to like a pub and then get some, gabriel like background uh, they're trying to kind of discover why gabriel is there in the first place and 
eventually it just, you know, comes out that, like, Gabriel was in love with Beelzebub and they wanted to run away together. And that's... Yeah, he didn't want to do something that the angels wanted to do or something. And so they were gonna, they were like... They were gonna start the apocalypse. They were gonna, like, kill everyone. He's been infected. So, like, they, they, then that's like, we gotta get rid of him or something. Yeah, they were like, well, you know, everybody wants um, the apocalypse to happen. So that's going to happen. And then he was like, I don't want it to happen. I'm going to leave. Um, I'm going to erase my own memory. So the, there's definitely a setup for the third season in which, you know, and in, in the end of the, the show, we didn't really get a good ending for Aziraphale and Crowley as a couple. So. Um, no, they, they broke left up. It open. Like, like fucking our flag means death. They broke oh, up. They did exactly the same thing as our flag means death, oh where they got God, the characters together for the up. briefest moment, and then they just yes. broke up in the same scene. And they broke them up. <laughs> it's horrible. Why do you do this to us? Oh my god! They even had a kiss. Oh fuck! Man. I know. And, oh my god! The episode when when Aziraphale is is getting the neighborhood watch together or whatever the neighborhood community. It was really cool seeing all of the other shops. Yes, like, on the street. The shop like, we just coalition. Really didn't get. Yeah, the yeah the shop coalition. We had the magic shop. We had. Uh, the, the French the restaurant, shop, the record shop, the French yeah. restaurant. Yeah, and he invited all of them over, and they had a fucking <laughs> Regency era ball. <laughs> yeah, in the bookshop. So I know. So, good. so oh cute. God, so good. Oh my god. So yeah. Funny. Um, also, like really having like show. Nina and Maggie like fight all the demons at the end as well was very cute. Um. Yeah. They just were all like, it's very, very, very creative and very enjoyable to watch. So definitely so cute that they involved an actual romance in this season too. Um, yeah. Just and like, even though season so two cute. had like a slightly different feel, it's it still felt close enough. Like, like these two seasons still mesh well together. Yeah. I think it was better and they kind of distanced it a little bit from the first season. I mean, it was four years later, so, like, that's a long time for a second season to come out. And obviously... Yeah, that's true. You know, it was pushed off from the pandemic, so... um, Yeah. But I think that there's no news if there's gonna be a season three or not. I don't don't think it was actually renewed officially. So, that's unfortunate. Because I think, you know, there is a ton of Neil Gaiman fans out there who are begging for this show. I mean, we're one of the, we're some of them. So, like, I would love to have another season of this. Definitely. I also have really been enjoying the, um, the audiobook because there are some, like, because I was, I had started listening to it, like, right as I started rewatching season one. So it was all, like, really fresh in my mind. And it's still pretty fresh in my mind, so... I think it'll still be a really fun um, audiobook listen. But there was, there's a scene in the show where, uh, oh God, what's the girl's, what's the witch's name? God, she has some crazy name. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know her name. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. And I can try and find her. <laughs> uh anyway she's riding her bike and and she hits um crowley hits her with his car and uh, hits her bike and she falls off and um and anathem anathema anathema 
Okay. I was not going to remember that. Ananthema. Ananthema device, I think is what her name was. Device, yes. Yes, these fucking crazy names. Um... So she's riding her bike and, and so, and Crowley hits her and she, and they're like, oh, do you need to ride, do you need to ride home? And so they, they, they drive her home and, um, and you know, and, uh, and the, the words are exactly the same. Like when she gets out of the car, they drop her off. She leaves her book in the car. Uh, Crowley goes, okay, time for us to go, Angel. Like, cause that's just what he calls her. That's what he calls Aziraphale, Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the book, after, after Crowley says this, she goes, she goes, oh, well, she, she was a little, a little freaked out, like getting, getting a ride home from strange men. But once he said angel, she was like, she knew she was in good hands because they were gay. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, were a gay couple. Funny. I see. And so I was like, so I was like, oh, okay. And the, and the, um, the narrator for the audiobook, uh, David Tennant sounds just like him. Like when he talks. Oh so I don't my know God. If he took inspiration like the way oh, he speaks for crowley um sounds just like how david Tennant does it so i wonder if he took like some inspiration um there is a redo of the audiobook from actually david Tennant and and uh, michael sheen and i really <gasps> want to get it so bad i want to listen to why it. didn't you get that initially because no this is one my sister already had so i didn't oh, want to get another one and, yeah yeah, and yeah. Okay, one okay. of her audiobook oh, sure. credits. so so because she already had this one i was just gonna listen to it and i'm actually really enjoying it a lot um but yeah and i think who was i think casey told me a story about like it was like a reddit post or something that this couple who really enjoys good omens and likes neil gaiman books had actually named their two kids azira fail and crowley <laughs> And, what and when the show came out and they really played up the the, the gay, gay which i mean the the, the gay it's pretty, in the book like, it's, it's in the book they didn't realize they're like oh well you know we just thought they were best friends mm. <laughs> but, but nope well, they are um they are gay so they i was like mistaken um terry pratchett did make this this uh original book with neil gaiman um Mm -hmm. but he died so i think we we saw this when we saw the actual uh good omens um panel long time ago Mm -hmm. um it says according to neil gaiman co-author terry pratchett last request to him for his death in 2015 was for neil to write the screen adaptation and it says that terry gilliam tried to adapt this movie several times over 10 years before admitting defeat. He came closest in January of 2002 when he had Robin Williams on board to play Aziraphale and Johnny Depp signed up to play the part of Crowley. And the Hollywood investors said that they did not want to see any more Johnny Depp movies after Pirates of the Caribbean, like before oh, wow. Pirates of the Caribbean had come out. So he didn't, he didn't end up making it, which honestly, like... That would have been fucking great. Like, it. I don't. In I like don't know how 2002. the would have been between between Johnny Depp and. Robin oh, I Williams. do. I think really? it would have. So? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think so? I do. Okay. I do. I mean, I just think David Tennant and Michael Sheen do such. Oh a yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. Their chemistry is just Chef's kiss. Like it it's is. So good. You know, I I love the creativity of this show. I have to say, though, like, definitely it's a lot to handle. It's very, um, 
it's like got a lot of CGI. It's kind of like a CGI disaster a lot of the time. You know, there's just like so much visual stuff happening. You know, like when it goes down to hell, there's just like flies yeah, all over which the I've place noticed, and like <laughs> yeah, which I've noticed with with prime shows. Like they when they get CGI heavy, like they mm. look CGI heavy, and it's like I think this show passes pretty well like it's it's good to it's it's easy to kind of ignore a little bit but god i think i think carnival row had just yeah like, it was so hard to ignore because like these I, people just lived yeah. in a cgi world and you just could not you just could not you could not <laughs> i watched <laughs> the very first episode of carnival row row and i was like no i actually don't even think i, I got that, through the whole episode. i watched that whole first season you friend t- I sure as hell did. Can you? Can I tell you what happened? P- pieces. I can tell you pieces of what happened. Um, uh, not on here. Re- I didn't remember hating it, but I don't think I ever watched season two. Was there a season two? Yeah. Season two. I never watched season two. <laughs> it does have I that watched. Amazon Prime sheen to it. Um... Amazon Prime filter. <laughs> and so does the Sandman with Netflix. And the more shows that we watch that are originals, like the more you start to see the way that they're filmed and and kind of just the vibe of them is definitely particular to each each streaming service, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like HBO has a look too. And they did. Oh yeah. So like, oh, yeah, sure. there, you know, you can really just see that they have, and I, I actually saw that Netflix has some specific cameras that the people are allowed to use to make their shows. So, and they have some very strict rules about color and camera and stuff like that. So, uh, that will, that will turn your show into something that they want to put on, on their service. Should I watch season two of Carnival Row? <laughs> did you? I do. I, I don't know. No, no. I, I know I didn't. But should I? Should I rewatch season oh. one? And should I just binge both seasons? You have Ooh. to watch other things Ooh. that are more what? important than... What do I have to watch? You have to watch <laughs> the Young Royals for I one. I know, I know. Oh, Oh, hush you. Oh, hush. Um, <laughs> Stop. If you want some good gay content, you got to watch that show. Yeah, okay. I know. I, I know. It's, it's yes, it's, it's on the list. It's on the list. Um, I'm, I'm currently getting a lot of gay through Interview with a Vampire, and I'm very happy with oh, that. Oh, that is so, so true. Oh, and Our Flag so Means true. Death. The new season just started, so we are, we are, ooh, I actually get to watch new episodes of it tonight. Ooh. Okay. Um, so um, another character that we saw a lot in this was a new, I feel like she was a new character, which is the Quenlin Sepulveda character who was like the, one of the angels, um, who played Muriel. Oh yeah. The new angel. Um, yeah. Quen- yeah. Mur- Muriel. Mur- she Mur- was Muriel. very cute. She was so um, funny. So funny oh, and so naive. <laughs> Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, that was cute. I mean, I liked the bookshop in this a lot. We just got to be in there pretty much the whole time, which I felt like last season we didn't really get a lot of bookshop. So this was, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, 
Definitely good. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I'm going to keep looking at some, some more trivia, but uh, we do have another show to talk about, so. Yeah, so we should just get through the trivia and then the plot keywords, and then we can take a break and then talk about Sandman. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's see. Oh, should I do the episode? Oh, actually, I didn't see the episode uh, reviews. What was it? Like, per episode? The breakdown? I don't know if they have that on here. Uh, they do. I, I think, think I so. saw that. Oh, no, I did. You did? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll just I'll just read it for you. I will click. I will click. Top rated. Here we go. Oh, the these ones. top rated episode is season one, episode three. Um... We wa- we follow Aziraphale and Crowley's friendship across ages. Meanwhile, at present day, Agnes Nutter's descendant, Anathema, arrives in Tadfield on her own mission to save the world. That is uh, 8.5 out of 10. So that is the highest one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and of the two seasons, the top rated, I mean, we've, we've got first season... Top rated is episode three, and second season, the top rated is episode two, um, which was the one with, uh, oh, okay, the one, yeah, the one with like Isaac and his kids or whatever. I I did really like that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean it. The kids in it were just like really silly, and they got turned into like salamanders and crowley like shows that he's not actually mean he just pretends to be mean it, it's just so cute <laughs> yeah really cute yeah Turk. what I, I honked like like the, the honk behind you oh yeah uh raymond just came home and he was like, <laughs> is my window open I don't think my, oh well it kind of is open it's okay man um, it's fine that's fine. Let's um, look at the trivia. Crowley's snake tech too wanders around. <laughs> it wanders around? Yeah. Oh. I guess it just goes all over his body. Or different places sometimes. His oh, wait. His snake tattoo? I guess he has one. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it. He has, um, he has like that little, that little sideburn tattoo that he has or whatever. Oh, yes. Like on his, I think that's on it. cheek or something. I think it's a Is snake. It? Yeah. It's always there though. It's never, it's never anywhere else. Maybe it's noticed. just moving. Maybe it kind of like. Wiggles around. Yeah, wiggles around. Okay, Michael Sheen, who plays Aziraphale, has said, I first read Good Omens as a teenager, and it has been one of my favorite stories ever since. Michael Sheen was born in 1969. Good Omens was first published in 1990. Sheen wasn't a teenager anymore. (laughs) (laughs) He just felt like it was part of his his teen teen life. Yeah, you know, it was part of his younger years. Yeah, he was like in his 20s. Come on. That's... Yeah. That counts. Yeah, that's... That's like that's like an old an older teen. Come on, come okay. on. Okay, all right. Let's read the plot keywords and take a break. Oh, okay. That, that was all the trivia we liked. Okay, here we go. Yeah, that's true. We, we do have a whole other thing to talk about. Um, plot keywords. Here we go. 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 
We've got Angel, Demon, Based on Novel, Bookshop, Odd Couple. Oh, wow. That is some This is the show. plot keywords. Wow. This is the show. This is it. Oh, damn. I, w- wow. I wouldn't. This is everything. I know. Every- Odd <laughs> Couple. Shit. Oh, my God. Opposites attract. Enemies to lovers. Slow burn. All of it. Mm-hmm. It's cute. I don't even know if they're really enemies to lovers. They're more just, like, reluctant friends. They're supposed to be enemies, but they're not. Like uh, Right, because they're an angel and a it's, demon. It's like so. faking enemies. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's take a quick break. Okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay. We are back um, with the Sandman, which I just finished today. (laughs) I finished it yesterday. Um, And and so, okay, so I did recently figure out that the episode 11 got added later. It was not Mm -hmm. always there because when my roommates, my roommates watched it pretty close to when it released. And that episode 11 was not previously there. Yeah, um, which makes sense. It's it was just like two short, short episodes, basically. Yeah, short short stories or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so, so I have a I have a man. feeling that truly this. I mean, there is no limit to how many dream stories that there are in the world. So like, it's a pretty lucrative character to mine for stories. <laughs> so. It's kind of how yeah. the show is. There is a lot of little stories um, around the character of the Sandman. And so it's kind of strange because it's not really, there's not a humongous story arc uh, uh, over the whole thing. But the character yeah. is doing a chronological order situation. Uh, until we get you know to that my favorite episode where they could do like a flashback but generally it's like you have no i mean i literally hadn't even watched a trailer for this like i didn't know what was gonna happen in this show at all so uh yeah i don't remember if i saw a trailer or not if i did and maybe it wasn't the whole trailer or maybe i i watched it once and just kind of forgot because i didn't I didn't really um, I didn't know what this 
what this show was really going to be about. Um, and, and, and I agree with you. I think the, the plot line, like, it's kind of like how season one of Good Omens is. It's like, mm-hmm. you kind of have, you kind of have the, the plot line string that you're like slowly following, but it's yeah. got, it's got a bunch of twists and turns and branches and th- that eventually make its way back, like on, back onto the path that like gets you, gets you, gets you to the end. It's like. It's like the the plot is just like, it's just a guideline. <laughs> yeah, it's like a loose, a loose, a loose guide. thread. Yeah, a loose thread, which is very interesting. Like, it's a very interesting way to make a show. Like, I, I that's kind of how they do it in like episodic television, you know, like Star Trek or something, except for disco, where it's just like new character of the week situation which i did which i liked about it for sure but i was not expecting it to be like that so i think i kind of expected at the first episode which was a really good pilot episode um that things were going to kind of be self-contained that there was going to be at least a story that would develop and then turn you know in some way and close out in some way by the end of the episode um yeah yeah so let's talk about the first episode because it really sets the stage for who the sandman is but in a way that is extremely unexpected by putting him in a cage where he does not speak at all um and we get to see what the world does without him which is have like a sleeping sickness and kind of destroy people and become like really dark and scary you know yeah like while the sandman is trapped a ton of people are asleep and some of them even die while they're sleeping and then these nightmares kind of run rampant because no one's there to kind of keep them in check right um so wars happen you know yeah so like the dream realm is like degrading it's like falling apart and then these nightmares just kind of like making people go crazy and kind of make them um do bad things some of them at least um because yeah this show was was very dark compared to good omens which is like it is fun little walk in the park and feeding the ducks it's true yeah like this show was depressing dude like in within the first like three episodes so many people had to be killed and like he cried like the whole time he was on the screen and it's like tom tom sturridge <laughs> tom sturridge yeah like his little pink lips so crazy, and pink what's eyes the last thing we've seen this man in like oh, it's been so long since we've it seen has this man. been but he was it's on our minute. hot men list in high school so he's been around i mean we have had him on the hot men list for like ever um, he's been in our brains since, yeah <laughs> since since pirate radio before pirate radio before pirate radio? i mean i watched I mean, damn dude like i remember him from vanity fair yes i remember him from vanity fair yes he's what? like her son or something in that and he's like a little baby in that movie um oh but i think gosh. that definitely 
pirate radio is probably the number one thing that like we know him and love him from um he i i also saw that movie waiting for forever with him in it uh, a long time ago which is it's super cringy uh (laughs) it's cringy it's it's cringy um he was in far from the madding crowd which i loved that movie um but oh, he's he i mean he's hollow crowd i don't remember that yeah he's he's henry the sixth in that wow okay so you know uh so it's been a minute it's um, been a minute it's a, it's been a minute since we watched stuff with him in it even though he was in some he was in some movies and tv shows that we did not watch in the recent history um yeah and he was a really, I, I liked how he portrayed the Sandman. His voice was so deep. Did they like deepen yes. his voice or is that how deep his, his I voice I think that's how he was... talks and it is sexy, dude. Like, my God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh Talk to my me more. goodness. <laughs> getting a, getting a, yeah, totally. <laughs> he's so emo though. Like he's like so fucking emo like he even wears he like so black emo. eyeliner a I, lot like, of the time couldn't take him seriously a little bit like it, just was, <laughs> yeah. like, it was a vibe it was a it vibe was. i was here i was here for it he looked like he was in like the fucking black parade music video like i <laughs> the hair too oh my god like, when he went back in time was, oh yes his long hair. Oh my god! It was I great. I okay, I they were heavy-handed about it. But <laughs> I know. Oh, okay. Um, oh goodness. Charles Dance was really, really good in the first episode too, and the guy that played oh, yeah. his son was great. And basically, every turn that humanity could make the wrong choice, they did in this series so that's kind of what i expected like basically you know whenever you think they're not going to become evil they do like it was a kind of a similar story with the calliope episode where the son said he would release him and he didn't and then his son like got really old (laughs) you know yes 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 like you really didn't expect him to be locked in this thing yeah, it's like you want people to do the right thing, but then they just don't. And you're like, okay. And you just kind of, you just kind of get numb by the end of the show. You're just like, okay. I mean, it's I already so know that everyone's, sad. everyone's an asshole who just needs to die in this, in this show. <laughs> like, no one has any redeeming qualities. I know. Um, I know. It was like so depressing. Like, everybody's trying to double cross each other and like. There's just also this this immense amount of history because th- they're they're endless. So like literally they have no time. So like everything is happening. They have no end to time. Yeah, like yeah. they have so much history with each other and so much going on. Um it's just, yeah, like it's just kind of like crazy how like we're just thrust into this literally ginormous world and they have to be narrowed down into 
these like yeah. 10 actually, different the stories. The only thing I knew about Sandman before going in, and I actually texted Alessandra, I was like, I can't wait to get to this, to, to the scene. There was this like, all the book talk girlies on TikTok were like, were making memes about romance books with this, with this uh, audio clip of Calliope saying like, you came and then Dream saying you called. And it was just, and it just, they oh. always put in these cute little scenarios of just like, you know, book boyfriends that have this energy or like, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, I was like, oh man, this must be, this must be great. And then I text Alessandra about like, I can't wait to get to this scene. And you're like, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. No, because it was in the last, I didn't watch it yet. And I was like, I don't know what know. you're talking about. I um, hadn't seen it either. I just, I just heard about it. I get like this, this sound was all over TikTok for a, for a minute. And I was like, oh, this is from Sandman. Can't wait. And, but no, yeah, it was the extra bonus episode. Dude, I mean, um, ex-husband showing up for his ex-wife, like, saving her life. I mean, what's sexier baby than Baby daddy? Ex-husband I mean, baby daddy? Oh, gosh. Showing, <laughs> showing up. Like, of course, oh, they don't get together because got... there's too much pain, but, you know. Yeah. And he's definitely got, like, kill kill for you book trope energy. And oh, I'm all for shit. it. I am all for it. Oh, oh, this man will kill for me? Will murder for me? don't act don't actually but like sign me up but like don't actually do that i wanted him to get with joanna constantine too in that one episode so i thought she was gonna show up again and like she did it and i was like what like where did she go oh Oh, jenna coleman yes well yeah i was yeah i was kind of feeling something might happen between them but 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 no, it was very brief. It was very brief. Her story was um, extremely depressing. Um, with like her friend, like her, sorry, her ex-girlfriend who ended up dying because she had the sand and she just couldn't stop dreaming. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was just gross and, and sad and like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, the and show then, was depressing, and- man. It really was. Like all of these and again kind of kind of playing into the theme of like Neil Gaiman's various works of just like humans are playthings. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, these, to these gods. My favorite absolute favorite episode was on the breath of her wings or whatever. The one with death. Um his sister. Oh, that was a good one. That was a real good one. That one was like incredible because then he goes to the like we have this background where there's this man who wanted to live forever and so they granted him that wish and he follows him throughout history and and sees him every hundred years and it was just the most british and um, like amazing period thing i've like ever seen like i loved it so much i wanted more of it so badly i wish i could have just a whole show of that because his like changing throughout the years as well as like you know he's like super emo-ness and just like everything was so satisfying to see in that episode um not to mention the whole like the death of all the people in the show like that death was like helping to guide it was just it was brilliant. I loved it. 
Yeah, that was definitely my favorite episode as well. Another, like, close second that was, you know, good but kind of disturbing was the convention episode. That was uh-huh. pretty, uh, yeah. that was pretty good. Um, I really liked just watching the actor that played uh, the Corinthian. He was, mm-hmm. he was just so mesmerizing. Like, mm-hmm. it was crazy. There were, um my roommates would kind of hop in and out of me watching these episodes and they, and I completely agree with them, but they thought that the Corinthian, the way that he dressed kind of looks like this anime character from Jujutsu Kaisen. His name's Nanami. Uh And he's just like this guy that wears like the kind of goggle looking glasses and he wears like a suit. um, It's kind of like the cream, the cream color of, yeah, Mm -hmm. of his, but, but like, so they said that and I, and I, I agreed with them, but then this actor himself, Boyd Holbrook, he just looked like another actor. And it took mm-hmm. me a couple episodes to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I finally figured it out. Oh like, my God, Emily, please tell me. I was killing me. What, who do you think it looks like? <laughs> he looks like the actor that plays Trip. Trip. It's Trip. In- I fucking said it. Stop forgetting what time is you. I'm literally kidding. I literally just thought of it. God damn it. It's. Trip. He looks exactly like Trip. He looks he exactly does. like him. And he kind of talks like he him, too, does. because Trip has, like, the Texan accent or whatever. Like a, It's, yeah, like, the yeah, same. Like southern, yeah, Texan. Yes. Wow. Wow, sir. Yes. Wow. Yes. I can't. <sighs> yes. I can't believe you both said that at the same exact time. It was fucking Trip. I know. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like if he wasn't wearing his glasses all the time, we probably would think he just kind of looks like him because the glasses shade, like the eyes really affect the way that you see an actor or whatever. So like, I think it might be different if we could see his eyes um, because you couldn't. Yeah. So you just had like teeth as eyes. He had little little baby mouths. mouths. (laughs) Little mouths as eyes. Jesus. Which I mean, we're we're pretty creepy. We're pretty creepy, but we're also kind of collected people's cute. eyeballs. What the fuck? He to eat oh. when, when, he, when he when he when he took the when he took the um the social worker. What was her name? Um the the lady who was uh like uh managing over Jed's uh like adoption oh, like fostering yes um, yes right the social work like yeah ate one of the eyes <laughs> was like, and was she like, did oh, not so deserve to die like what I mean, the heck a lot of the people uh, some of the people you know he, he didn't kill everyone i actually like that they made the corinthian <laughs> gay yeah uh, it was uh it was good it was hot <laughs> yeah because he was such a sexual being you know it was like he really was he was, um, oh, he was so fun to watch. Like, he was so yeah. good. Yeah, he was. And he, he really was, like, the through line throughout the whole thing. I thought it was going to be David Thewlis's character because, you know, from oh. the beginning, the son, it, like, it was the son of the of Charles's, Charles Dance's character. So, like, I thought that it, this was yeah. going to be, like, following us through the whole entire show, and it didn't. It was only, like four episodes of the show and then that was done and that yeah, you know like pivots like it starts one way and then it and it, yeah and then it kind of goes this other and then kind of runs with this secondary plot line like for the rest of it like again it's all kind of there 
and like you know that it's kind of happening but but yeah it really really kind of makes a change there that diner episode was 90 degree turn so disturbing yeah my my roommates kept kept asking me when i would get to specific episodes like they're like did you get to to the diner episode yet and i was like nope not yet and they're like oh it's the next one and and then i watch it and and uh yeah that diner episode was was pretty intense um yeah yeah (laughs) yeah also like the character who played lida who was trying to help out um rose walker yeah she i feel like when she spoke like a lot of the times when people were speaking their mouths were not like following the words that were coming out of their mouth like not that they were being dubbed but just maybe what was happening but like it just everything that they said just kind of seemed off a lot of the time um it is probably the lighting on their mouths maybe i just had like a hard time with people's mouths in this show yeah i mean i just kind of didn't look at their mouths i did see tom sturge's uh butthole mouth butthole mouth. <laughs> Said that a couple not, times a couple times after, after you said it i saw it it's like, so okay. pink it's so but then, pink. yeah but then there are only certain mouths that i was watching another character i really liked and i hope that we get to see them a bit more in season two was a was desire again i could not look away from a lot of these characters yes it was so mesmerizing to mason watch. alexander was, park um desire was hot so I've met I've met them in real life because they were you did? In, yes okay so they were in my aunt's show and it was in like a oh my god I I've told you this before but okay so they did. they were on and obviously they're probably never going to listen to this podcast but when I met them we went out afterwards after the show and I like I, I mean being around them like. They are so beautiful. Like, when you watch them on stage, they're just, like, really, really, really magnetic. Like, you just see them and you're like, I want to just keep watching you. You're so, so beautiful. Like, why are you so beautiful? And then afterwards, we went out and I got a decent amount of alcohol in me. And so I was chatting them up. Like, I was, like, talking to them. I was like, I cannot stay away from you. on them, Alzada? No, no, no. I was chatting them up. I was just really enjoying because I was like, I really got to talk to this person. Like, they're one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in person. Like, and they're in front of me. So, like, I'm going to take advantage of this and just talk to them about anything. And they talked to me about, um, they were on, they were in uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, like, pretty recently at that Mm -hmm. time. And so... They, which was created by John Cameron Mitchell, who's in this show too. He's uh, he's Hal, oh. um, mm-hmm. the guy with the like two tone hair who owned the house. Um, yes, yes, yeah. He he's Hedwig. So like, it was a oh, it was kind of crazy that he was also in this. But yeah, that's what I talked to Mason about. And I Mason has a long term partner, um, and she is very prolific as well, an actress. Um, but yeah, it was like, I was, I knew that once they were cast in this, and they were cast in also that other uh, Cowboy Bebop on Netflix as well, yes. but I didn't watch yes. that. Which I did, which I did watch, and I think I remember liking, liking their character, Gren. Um, 
even though I didn't really like like the show. If you're gonna watch Cowboy Bebop, just watch the anime. Oh it's yeah. So good. Um, just, anyway, that's yeah, my my long. <laughs> Final summation: They're a great actor and they're hot. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, there there you like, go. Like a lot of people in this show are hot. Um, oh my goodness. Even Gwendolyn Christie was so good. Oh as, my um, god, yes! We didn't even talk about Gwendolyn. I mean, Gwendolyn is just—I know—sexy. There's so many people. Oh. There's so many people. You know, everybody's this, so fucking this was beautiful. Okay to have a lot of people in it, I yeah. Knew it was a show, but I was—I was, I was going to bash on Haunted Mansion again. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. That was a movie, not a show. God. I know, I know. I can't, I, I can't make that comparison. It's not. It's not the same. Um. But there's still a lot of characters in this, and and I felt like a lot of them got, you know, got got a good amount of time. Um, Lucienne was also really good. Oh um, yeah, loved Lucienne, and and loved so uh, Matthew the the Raven played by Pat Oswalt. Yeah, yeah, he was good. He was good. Yeah, mm. it was a it was an interesting show. <laughs> I'd watch another season of this. It just was so freaking depressing. I mean, uh, just, okay, so I think that there, there, I think there's going to be another show. I think there's going to be another season. Um, yeah, they they already have like a, a season two, episode one placement, like on, on, on IMDb. So I think there definitely is going to be one. And Lyda's um, baby and needs finished... to be stolen. So What? Oh, oh, that's right. He's going to come back and take. And take Lida's baby. Oh my gosh, that whole situation was <laughs> so oh, fucked up. Goodness, God, these poor, these poor people, like tempted and and trapped in their dreams, <laughs> was crazy. Yeah, I, I don't even know how I was able to watch. Like, I watched four episodes in one day just because you know I was trying to, I was trying to get a lot of them weren't weren't as, as you know, depressing as others, but all of them, you know, they, they're. There was definitely a, a level. There was always a level of, of depressing in each one. Uh-huh. Whether like it was higher or story. lower, it was there. Oh my god. I cried. I teared oh up because god, the cat. The cat story. It killed their babies. And the cat looked like whiskers. Oh my yes, god. Yes, Alessandra, I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, Alessandra must be having a time with this episode. It was sad, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. And then the Calliope episode was was god. People are so, so terrible in the show. <laughs> I know. <Goodness> gracious. <laughs> look at this funny um I'm looking at this funny trivia. There's a in an interview with Tom Sturridge, uh who plays Dream slash Morpheus. Uh, revealed that Neil Gaiman told him on his first day of filming to stop being Batman. With the <laughs> that is so iconic. I love it. Because he really felt like, he really felt stop like Batman. Batman. Jesus yeah. Christ. So and funny. I think that there is a lot of varying um, response from Neil Gaiman fans about this. You know, uh, apparently it's just, the way it was done. It's an adaptation, so, you know, people are going to be mad about it. I think that there's some discourse. Oh. Like, just about the story in general, or people, the actors portraying these characters, or... 
the adaptation, yeah, like everything. the actors, the adaptation, oh. the choices, you know. Yeah, um, I was actually looking at some of the um, the graphic novel covers, and and Tom Sturridge actually kind of looks like the the illustrated depictions, like on the cover. Um, mm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And there's another trivia here: Dave McKeon, uh, who created the covers for the comic series, came out of Sandman retirement to design what? the credit sequences for this series. That's great. And they were beautiful. I mean, the end credit sequences were just, they were honestly so much more beautiful than the show. Like they were, they were just like really intense um, with all the stuff. And yeah. um, Apparently Joseph Gordon-Levitt used to be attached to this and then he dropped it in 2016. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Um, just looking through this trivia here. Okay, oh, wait, actually, at the top rated episodes. This is interesting because we literally just talked about Alan Moore, who was the creator of Watchmen. Neil Gaiman spoke to yeah. some of the creators of Constantine, and they approved of the decision to rewrite him as Joanna Constantine for episode three. This is technically a new character, as she is not in the same. Uh, who appears in episode six as part of the original graphic novels. Lady Constantine was created by Neil Gaiman as a tribute to Alan Moore, who created John Constantine, um, which he is, uh, he, that's another one of his novels, Constantine, that was made into the movie with Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, obviously the top rated episode here is um, season one, episode six, The Sound of Her Wings. Oh, amazing. It's so good. Yeah. And the, oh, what did you think? Because the the second, the second top rated one is, is season one, episode four, A Hope in Hell, which is where Morpheus fights uh, Lucifer in that crazy, weird battle that they had. (laughs) What did did you think of their... (sighs) Of their talk fight. I thought it was fine. You know, I think as a concept, it was interesting. But it also seemed kind of like a reach to try to make, you know, like, (laughs) there's so many things that are just like concepts, right? So it's like, how, what are the rules in this, like, universe that Neil Gaiman has created like I think that they can be bent so much that it's just like one of those things that is kind of dumb almost you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) yes there you go that's that's the word pause pause it was it was what I'm not gonna gonna say it again (laughs) I don't want to be mean okay because I don't. I respect Neil Gaiman like so much. No, like I, I do I not want to be I, like, yeah. like come on. <laughs> this wait, man wait, has say more. Less. <laughs> say less. He it has. There was tough. <laughs> he has more like creativity in his like fingernail than I do. Like you know, in my entire like apartment building. So you know, in the entire in the entire city of Boston. Yeah, this guy is like. It's like endless for him. He's he's an endless of well of creativity. It was a so. Whoa, 
well. Yeah. Yeah, no, completely. I mean, we are we are definitely not not saying that Neil Gaiman is not in any way. He's so creative. He's such a great storyteller. His stories are amazing. Um again, the concept was interesting, but I was watching it and I was laughing. Like I was like, <laughs> Oh no. I was kind of cringing a little bit. I was like, oh <laughs> this, is the, this is the fight you're <laughs> Shit. It's like you have you have fucking a brain. <laughs> Gwendolyn Christie, Brienne of Tar. Yeah, she's just talking. <laughs> fucking, fucking beautiful mountain of a woman fighting her ass off in Game of Thrones to just have this little fight battle <laughs> to the little emo boy. <laughs> I just, I couldn't. I'm dead. I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. Oh. Any other trivia? Um... I mean, no, it's fine. There's a bunch of stuff in here. Just, just go check it out. Cause like it's it's a humongous like. There's a lot to say. It's a it, it's yeah. got a lot of stories. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sure. this okay. So this user review enough. on here is so funny. Okay, it well, says it this is I can't. Um, <laughs> so this user review gave it a four. It's a feature review, and the title is... four? The whole show? Yeah, the whole show, out of ten. Okay. Four out of ten. And okay. it, it, it okay. says, a bunch of sad people mumbling at each other. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. It says, I know that the comic book this is based on has a massive fan base, and I normally love Neil Gaiman stuff, but this show is just boring and complicated. There's a million high fantasy things going on, and I don't care about any of it because it's all delivered through super serious performances by actors dressed like Hot Topic employees who seem like they've all had too many Xanaxes. Oh, my God. I <laughs> I 100% agree. But, <laughs> but it was a vibe, and I was here for it. Yeah, we're, it, we're here for the like, vibes. Like my motto, my motto of, of just my life forever going forward uh-huh. and 2023 and, you know, all throughout the pandemic is I'm here for a vibe. Give yeah. me a vibe of any kind. It could be a sad vibe. It could be a, it could be a bad vibe. It can be a, a good vibe. But as long as it's got a vibe that I can, that I can connect with. hundred <laughs> percent, dude. I'm like, here. I'm here. I totally I'm agree. There. Because there's so many boring shows out there that are like. You know, way more boring than this. Oh you know, my God. traditional oh my like God. TV. I didn't even think this show. was boring. No, no, I didn't think so. I it was Definitely very not boring. Engaging. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Like, definitely, this this tries to do something that is interesting, unique, trying to like create characters that are compelling. Um, and a lot of the times, just showing us one episode of those characters so that we only have so much to go off of. So. Um, yeah. you know, that can be, that is definitely a very British thing to do as well. So they do a good job at yeah. that. Just so English centric. Like, you know, these shows are always like based in London <laughs> and like, <laughs> it's like the center of the universe because it's obviously a, a British show. So every time they, it's like the yeah. same thing with Doctor Who. They deal with people and then it's just like, oh, just so happens to be a, literally anywhere in the universe, but they're, they're choosing London. This is happening in London. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a part of it, part of it was in Florida. 
that is so true, but we didn't see a lot of it. We, you know, yeah, yeah, Florida, Georgia, um, but you know, it was still filmed yeah, in the UK. Right, yeah, the convention was in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, yeah, the 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 kid who played this the who played Jed. There were mm-hmm. some times where I could swear he had a British accent, and I I mm. I don't think he, like, he was he wasn't hiding it very well. Oh, you don't you don't think he was British? I don't know. It's hard to tell. Mm. But he would say things kind of strangely sometimes. I don't know. It's just what I got from him. Hmm. All right. Anyway, should I read these plot keywords and then uh, close this out? Let's do it. All right. So we've got Dream, Dreaming, Death, Vertigo Comics, based on comic. This could have been a bit better. The amount of times that uh, Tom Sturridge said the word dreaming. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He said it too much. <laughs> he, he did say it a lot. He said it a lot. <laughs> All he, right. He did say it a lot. Yeah. Um... All right. Well, that was wow. That was that was a jam packed episode. Oh, that was seasons shoot. one like and tired. two of Good Omens. This was... And yeah, I'm so hungry. I need to go eat dinner. <laughs> um, and then season one, <laughs> season one of the Sandman. The Sandman. Um, the Sandman. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and IMDb. We are also on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Acast. If you want to email us, please do that at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow our social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Just search All By The Popcorn or All By The Popcorn Podcast. And we also have merch. So please check that out. But thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.